Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the 2020 Mindset Leadership Conference. My name is Riley Jensen. I'm your host. And today I'm really excited to introduce to you um, a, a person who I'm, the more I get to know him, I, I feel like we're, we're becoming more and more friends. And I just love the athletes that he recruits to Weber State University. And he's having a lot of success as a young coach at Weber State. And so I'd like to introduce you to Weber State uh, track and field cross country coach, Corbin Talley. Corbin, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Riley, thanks for having me on. This is, uh, this is pretty exciting. So I like the work you're doing. Well, uh, you know, I've, I've been working with a lot of the athletes at Weber State, especially in track and field and cross, and cross country. And you've done a great job of recruiting what I consider to be a, a really, really core group of mentally tough athletes. But I, I wanted to just maybe introduce you to everybody, like talk a little bit about your history, where you're from, where you ran in college, how you got into college coaching, and, and give us a little background on you. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, well, I started running, uh, distance running pretty young, um, probably started taking it seriously in junior high. Um, like a lot of runners, I found that I was pretty good at the gym mile that everybody else hated. And for some reason I loved that day yeah. and uh, <laughs> it just went from there. I ran at Bingham high school, um, had a great coach there, uh, Jeff Arbogast, um, who really, you know, started to instill just a passion for running and 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 being tough about it um and then uh in deciding where to go to school i met coach hislop and met the the guys at weber state uh, in the early 90s and they were having a ton of success i think in 1991 they finished fourth in the ncaa their cross-country team and uh, so i was excited to to meet them and and really just felt at home from day one uh, at weber state so i i got to come and write, run at weber state for coach hislop um, got here in 1995 and, you know, uh, spent a couple years on a mission, you know, ran for a year, spent a few years on a mission, then came back and finished up in 2002. So, um, yeah. And if you want to talk about just, uh, mental toughness and digging in, uh, coach Hislop was one of the greatest at getting you to just, uh, dig in and be tough. So, yeah. um, after college, I went to I, I taught and coached at Davis High School for 14 years, and recently, uh, not quite three years ago, had an opportunity to come back up to Weber State. So, what a, what a cool opportunity! Where where did you serve your mission? I went to the Caribbean, so I was oh. in. Uh, yeah, it was really hard. Uh, <laughs> I was in Trinidad and Barbados and Antigua and Guyana, South America. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of like my mission. I went to, I went to the South of France. I was on the French Riviera. So there's, oh, wow. there's, there's challenges to uh, serving a mission when it's super hot and beaches all over the place. But um, yeah, you I, understand that. I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed my time on my mission. So that's, I would that's imagine cool. that was beautiful. How, how tough was that to come back from a mission? And although you're walking and you're physically active and you're in the heat and you're in, and you're probably doing the best you can to stay in shape, how difficult was that to get back in shape after a mission? Oh, it was a challenge, no doubt. And I've seen that with my with my return missionaries, you know, and just these few years that I've gotten the chance to work with return missionaries, it's that's one of the biggest challenges they'll face. Um, you know, and a lot of a lot of people around, at least around NCA cross country and track and field, act like uh, return missionaries have some kind of advantage because they're older and 
maybe so when they're 25 and seniors, but I'll tell you what, they got to battle through some of the hardest times coming back from taking two years basically yeah. off. Yeah. So I came back, it was smooth for a few months and then I got injured and uh, then it was a real challenge. So it was a year and a half before I was, you know, feeling good and, and running close to what I was before my mission. Right. What do you, and, and I'm not talking about like out of the encyclopedia, but what, what do you, what do you define mental toughness to be? Your well, own I just, personal definition. I just say not giving up, you know, um, pushing forward despite the challenges and the ups and downs. And that can be in something as minor as a, as a sprint race, you know, or an attempt at a, at a jump to something, you know, an injury that you have to deal with over years or, you know, uh, or, or a running career that's, you know, 30, 40 years long. So, you know, just, just pushing through, I think when there's ups and downs and, and, and having, I guess, hope and uh, a trust that things are going to get better as you do the work. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Do you feel like your definition of mental toughness has changed over the years? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I thought about it as much when I was young and it was easy, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, and I think you learn from those experiences. You go through these times when you're a young athlete where you're like, this is never going to get better. I'm never going to, I'm never going to make it through this. So you're struggling with some races and, and you know, you just get this self doubt comes in and it's so hard to fight when you're young and you, you don't realize that it does get better. And then if you, you know, if you do what you're supposed to be doing, that, that things are going to turn around. But I think later in life, you start to, you, you look back on the experiences you've had and, and the struggles and you realize uh, it gave you perspective and experience to face the new challenges with a little more toughness. Yeah, I wish I, I you know, I'm, I, I got into mental performance as a coach later in life. I went back to school when I was 40. And I, and I look back at my college years and I think a lot of what I thought mental toughness was, was, well, you just grind through it. You just, you just work harder. You just double down on hard work. And although those are, are, are definitely super good lessons and there's no question that like working through it and just continuing to work is a good mental toughness practice. I really wish I would have had some of the tools that I have now. And I really wish that I would have taken a little bit of time to maybe just be a little bit more aware of what I was feeling and, and how to deal with those feelings and to deal with the difficulties of trying to perform at a high level. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right. I, I think I'm much smarter now. I'm, I'm not nearly as good at working hard as I am at thinking about and thinking th things through now. And so now I'm off balance the other way. Right. And so I got to get, I got to get back into a physical routine that I used to. And so, you know, life, life has a funny way of just teaching you this balance the whole time, right? Like, you know, you can be out of balance, too physical at one point and out of balance, too mental at another point, And you just, you kind of work through it. Like you're saying, you just keep working at it. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And I think I, for me, same thing. I think I was way out of balance through my high school and college running as far as physical goes. Same way. It was just a matter of, I just got to work harder. And now it's a matter of, I gotta, I gotta keep myself calm and realize that, uh, and, and patient and realize that things, things come naturally as you work for them. You don't have to force it. So. Yeah. Yeah. What a, 
what, what cool lessons we learn from sport, right? What, what cool, man, I think it applies to my life all the time. I, my wife hates it. She hates it when I say, hon, it's all going to work out. I promise you, like, it's going to work out. Like, things are going to be fine. She goes, oh, okay. Yeah, Mr. Everything's going to be fine. I'm like, hon, I'm just telling you, like, my life experience has taught me, like, things are going to work out. Like, things are going to be okay. We just have to keep working, and we have to keep doing the daily things that we do. And she gets real frustrated with me sometimes, but I think I learned those things in sports, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's a marathon. This life is a marathon, not a sprint. And uh, – and the more that we can take on this, I don't know, you know, I don't mean to wax poetic or, you know, nostalgic, but um, the more that we can think that this life is an infinite game, not a finite game with winners and losers every day. And just think of it like this is just infinite. Like we're constantly going to be battling and progressing to try and get better at it, it changes my mindset and helps my mindset to feel like, okay, I just have to do these fundamental things in life and things are going to work out just like I did in sports. Right? No doubt. No doubt. And then you can, you realize you can make mistakes and have setbacks and those things will hopefully help you down the road. You know, well, you can well, learn, learn from those. And so. not going to ruin your whole day. Like no. you know, my, no. my favorite saying with my kids is like, did you really have a bad day or did you have a five minute, a bad five minutes and you milked it for the rest of the day? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Because most of the time it's just a few minutes. Right. And, and yeah, it sucks. And sometimes it's not fun and you have to, you know, as my grandpa used to say, you have to take a big bite of a crap sandwich, but it doesn't mean that it's going to last forever. And it doesn't mean that it even lasts the whole day. And uh, anyway, it's, no. it's fun to think about. Do you think that uh, mental toughness for you has been equally important as a coach, not just a competitor? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, in the same light and sometimes over much longer stretches uh, as a coach, um, well, for two things, for one, for myself, if I have had, if I'm having challenges and not feeling like I'm doing my best and, you know, I have self doubt, uh, as far as my performance goes as a coach, um, I found that again, if I stay patient and just try to learn and, and, and go, you know, and, and trust the process of learning and gaining experience that, that things work out. And, and, uh, I always seem to feel like I come out the other side of those challenges with, with more perspective and more knowledge, you know? Um, so as I'm in it now, it's a little easier to remind myself that, you know, good learning, it's good growth, you know? And I yeah. think in the same way, uh, you know, looking back on the, those, any struggles I had as a runner and, and, and growing in, in uh, uh, mental toughness as a runner um, has been so beneficial uh, as a coach to have, a, to have, you know, to have experienced the things that, that the runners are going through and my yep. athletes are going through. So I try to still stay really active and I even try to get out there and race. Uh, I see on social media, I see on Facebook, I see on, on Instagram, you're out there, you're out there competing yourself and, and pushing yourself to the limits at, at, at peaks and summits and, and all yeah. that. It's fun to watch. I love trail running and I love trail racing and, um, yeah, and and even within the last couple of years, there's been some some huge tests of my of my mental toughness on the trails in races, um, and it's a it's a good reminder. You know, I'm still learning from it, but it's also a good reminder of the pain that uh, my 
athletes have to manage when they're racing. And, you know, I go through the same battles uh, that, that they go through when I'm, you know, two miles away from the finish line and, and hurting like crazy and breathing as heavy as I can and trying to drive everything to the finish, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's funny, I'll start coaching myself through those moments now where I didn't before, you know, like a almost out, out of body experience where, where I'm giving myself advice on how to manage through it uh, as a coach instead of just facing it. Which athlete. is kind of cool because when I talk to athletes, you know, I, I tell them all the time, it, it's time to stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself, right? Oh, yeah, that's, so, yeah. that's yeah. kind of what you're doing, right? Is taking control of the conversation instead of just listening to the conversation that's happening in your head. And I, you know, I can relate to that just with COVID-19. Um, you know, I haven't felt a ton of stress through this, but there's been two times that I felt really, really anxious. And it's been really fun for me to coach myself through some of my own tools and through some of my own little uh, thoughts for anxiety and stress reduction. And to be able to use those and feel them and see them work is um, beneficial to me as a mental coach, right? Because I know, I know what some people are going through. The anxiety that they feel is real. And the, you know, the nervousness that they feel is real. And if we can use a breathing technique or a grounding technique or a noting technique to help them to just manage those nerves so they can perform at the level they want to, it's, it's really fun to think about. And shoot, I'm 46 years old and still learning and growing and progressing. Right. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's a fun thing. Um, do you find yourself, I know you mentioned your high school coach and you mentioned your college coach. Do you find yourself repeating anybody or, or mimicking anybody by accident that uh, was influential in your mental toughness and your growth as a runner and as a coach? Yeah, I do find little things that I do that I picked up from both of those coaches. Uh -huh. um, and probably things that I do that I picked up from my dad and learning from him, you know, yeah. as, a, as a young runner and just working with him. My dad was a great athlete when he was young. And, and honestly, I think more than anybody – um, just from working with him as a kid, you know, he taught me to, to be tough and not complain, you know, to just face things positively and, and do the best I can with things without, without complaining about it, you know? What? Why do you... Yeah. What's that? No, finish your thought. I, I have a good question to follow up to that, but. No, and I was just going to say, and then, uh, I worked with, uh, my first 10 years coaching. I worked pretty closely with, uh, uh, Roger Burley, who was uh, a great coach at Davis High School for a while and then Syracuse High. And, and same thing. I, th I think he probably molded my coaching character more than anybody just from uh, just from having him as a mentor and, and learning from him. But yeah. So I've been I've been talking to athletes lately that struggle with self-talk. And, and one of the first one of the first challenges or practices that I have with them is just not to verbalize the negativity. So you can think it in your head, but I don't want you to say it out loud. It's kind of like the first little, like, awareness test. But wh why do you think it's so important not to complain? Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> you know? Like, you, you talked about your dad helping you to learn not to complain. But why is, that, why is that a good step? Why is that a good thing for us as athletes? I don't know. I think it really keeps your mind um, in the right place. And we talk a lot about progress and moving forward. I think when you're complaining, you're just keeping yourself in the, in the rut that you're in. Uh, and if it's, you know, and, and that's a good, I think that's a good first step is just not verbalizing it. And then, then from there you can change your thoughts on it and, 
and move forward. You know, I've talked a lot with my guys just through the last two months about, you know, this is an opportunity. What a great opportunity, you know, instead of uh, complaining that we didn't get a season, what a great opportunity for us to put in some more work and to train and to learn and to learn to adapt and, um, you know, and to, to dig a little deeper to, to continue to work, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I, one of the things that was a struggle for me, and I don't know how this was for you, but when I got done playing college football, one of the things that was hard was like planning my own workout and like being able to plan my own day and really take charge of my own day. Because one of the benefits, one of the, one of the things that I think is coddled with college athletes is you come in and it's all like planned out for you. Right. Like it's, it's, it's all done. And, and I'm sure there's some things that you're doing to like continue to like keep them on track but that self-motivation and that, that opportunity to be in charge of your own success is a really cool opportunity right now during all this where, where we can't meet as a team and we can't necessarily train together and we can't do some of these things. And so um, I just remember that being a huge part of my growth as well. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to continue to have that balance of I'm an athlete and I work out and I like to be in better shape after I graduated from college without somebody just telling me what I'm doing when I'm walking into the weight room or into the training room. And uh, yeah, that takes, that takes some fortitude too, right? Just to have a mindset of like, I'm, I'm trying to continuously improve. For sure. And that ownership over your own life and your own progress is so big. Um, a lot of distance runners, they finish college and that's it. You know, they don't, they don't run anymore, which is a shame. Because distance running, unlike, you know, unlike a lot of, a lot of sports, distance running is something you can just keep doing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, if you can develop, and we talk a lot about this with, with our athletes, if you can develop ownership um, over your own running and uh, both the struggles and the successes, um, and uh, I try to involve them a lot in the planning of their workouts because I feel like, it's their running and I want them to have ownership over it. And I feel like if they can develop that through college, they're going to continue running and enjoying it uh, for a long time. So, yeah, that's really cool. I, I always like, I always like the thought of ownership over buy-in, right? Like buy-in means it's somebody else's idea. Ownership means it's my idea and I'm invested. Right. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. Yeah, same. What do you think? What do you think is your biggest failure so far? And what did you learn from it? How does, how has it made you a better coach? How has it made you a better husband? How has it made you a better person? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, it's not a, it's not a job interview. So there's not, there's not a wrong answer here. <laughs> uh, biggest failure. Um, I don't know. I've had a lot of times where, uh, where maybe I go into things, you know, including the first year of this job, uh, maybe thinking that I got it more than I do, you know, that I can handle it a little better than, uh, than, than I actually end up handling it, you know? Uh -huh. So I'd say, I'd say for me, even though there were so many great things in the first year of this job, I kind of feel like that first year was, was one of my roughest years of my whole coaching career, you know, of the whole 17 years. Um, and there were definite failures through that year. And I think part of it was just a little bit of, uh, I was trying to be confident, but I think there was some arrogance too. Um, I needed to work a little harder. I needed to do my homework a little better. And I came out of that year, um, 
definitely humbled and motivated to work harder um, and realize that there was, you know, of course, still so many things that I have uh, still to learn um, in coaching. So I think I tried to approach the job a little bit like, hey, coaching is coaching. I was having success. I was really rolling there at Davis the last two years. And making this jump isn't going to be as hard as people say it is, but it actually was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was challenging. It was a hard jump, you know, a lot, a lot of new things and a lot of things to learn. Sure. Um, if I, if I were to go to a group of your peers at Bingham high school or Weber, um, or even on to your mission in the Caribbean and we were to talk to some of your peers, they, they would say that Corbin will be successful because he blank. What would they say? Uh, well, it, it's changed over the years. I would say if you talk to my high school peers, they'd say he'd be successful because he's going to work the hardest of all, you know, of anybody. And then I would say, uh, if you, if you talk to my peers, uh, at Weber, it would just be, um, Corbin's going to be successful because, you know, he's invested and he cares a lot about what he's doing. And then I think more recently, it's probably that, uh, I try to keep a good perspective on things that I realize, you know, I know we've talked a lot and hit a lot on it, but I realize uh, that kind of having that growth mindset um, yeah. and that there's going to be ups and downs uh, that, that, that you can work through and learn from and, and grow from. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to yourself 15 years ago as a coach and as a teacher? Oh, as a young coach. Okay. Um, I would probably tell myself not to get too caught up in what everybody else is doing. Um, I think I went through a lot of years of that, being worried about what other people are doing. Yeah. I would probably tell myself to... You ready? Yeah. So you were just saying I would probably sell... I would probably tell myself to... Uh, I was just going to say, I tell myself to be patient, um, to allow athletes, to believe in athletes through their ups and downs too. Um, and I think, uh, I think I've learned a lot of patience, especially in the early years of coaching and the first couple of years here at Weber, um, that, um, that continue to have faith in the athletes uh, over time um, can really pay off. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I, I, uh, one of the things that I think I learned in my older years as a coach and I've coached football for a long time and, and various other sports is that, um, players can have a really good role on a team, even if they're not the best on the team and they can be very, very valuable. And it's important to treat them with all the respect and the dignity that you treat your best athletes with, right? Because they're, they're an integral part of the team. And I think, that was one, one of the things that as I matured as a coach became really kind of rejuvenating to me and exciting to me is that helping people to reach their maximum potential is more important than them being the best on the team or the best even player for the team, right? Like they might be a I, – I look back at my athletic career and there's two or three athletes that I know of that never played a down in college football. And we're probably the hardest workers on the team and probably reach their full potential more than I did. And I, and I have a lot of respect for them now looking back at it. 
Whereas before I might've yeah. been going, God, why are they working so hard? They don't even, they don't even get on the field. Right. Right. And God, the ability to contribute in ways beyond just how fast you run or how high you jump, you know, um, or how many plays you get in a, in a, in a right. football game. There's so many opportunities to contribute beyond that. Um, yeah. And it's fun to work with athletes that are realizing that they can contribute, even if, even if they're not the fastest runner. Yeah. It makes me think of, you know, something that I heard not very long ago, but when you're, when you're going to play college sports, it's way more important that you're the best player for the team, not the best player on the team. Because if you're the best player on the team and you're not the best player for the team, you're actually a cancer, <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. and uh, learning how to be the best player for your team, whether it's your role player, whether it's your, uh, you know, a person who gives good moral support to people or pushes people in practice or whatever your role is, be, be good at it because it's important to the team dynamic. And that's really fun for me to see. I see that a lot at Weber state and I, and, and I see it a lot with athletes at Weber state who maybe feel like they were looked over from some other schools, or maybe they, you know, maybe they thought they were going to run cross country for a, for a team that, you know, has a, a big hat in, in, you know, the pro image or whatever. They, they dreamed of running it. Oregon, you know, but then when they shift down yeah. and focus on what's most important, they still are amazing athletes and still can compete at the highest levels, no matter what hat they're wearing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we got a guy right now on our cross country team. Um, am I all right to say names? Yeah. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, Carson Horsepool. So he came up from, uh, uh pine view high school in saint george and you know hadn't run the fastest times on our team but um uh, and and walked on two years ago and has just decided i am going to make this the best atmosphere that it can possibly be you know and i'm going to push guys around me and i'm going to be positive with guys around me and encouraging and and he's made a difference a big difference on our team we're we're much better because of him um he hasn't yet run in our top five which scores in cross country but he's going to someday. I mean, he's getting close to that. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, he's been a difference maker for us in a lot of ways. So cool. I mean, the guy that I think of, and I and I still talk to this guy this day, his name was John South. And he played at Snow College. He never made the traveling team. Uh, I remember talking the coaches into one of our blowout games of actually getting him in a home game and actually getting him a catch, you know. And yeah. he always talks about what a, what a big deal that was, but he just worked so hard. I mean, he probably should have ran cross country in, in college because he was the guy on Mondays. We'd, we'd have to run eight laps. It would be a two mile run. Well, it was a one mile run unless John South passed you. If he passed you, you had to run two miles. And then if he didn't pass anyone, he had to run two miles. Right. So he would get his wow. four laps in and we just gave up and just said, well, we're all running eight laps. Because well, he's anyway, going to lap all of you. Oh, easily. I mean, it was like I'd be two <laughs> laps in and he'd be done. I mean, he was, he was an amazing athlete that way. And he just loved football. He walked on at Utah State when I was there. And I remember, you know, I won't mention any names, but a coach really embarrassed him and, like, kind of publicly humiliated him because uh, he didn't think he was a good player. And then – he left Utah State and transferred to Adams State and became a two-time All-American and actually got um, got to participate in a pro camp 
um, where he was invited wow. to a professional camp. And wow. this was a guy who never played a down at Snow College. But when you look back at Snow College, he was behind guys like Kevin Curtis, who played in the NFL. He's behind a guy that started yeah. for BYU. He was behind, you know, and so it turned out that that team had an incredible amount of wide receivers. And so he maybe just didn't look as good as maybe he was. And he had an enormous effect on our team at Snow College. I think the reason yeah. we were ranked number four in the country is because of his work ethic and his attitude, regardless of playing. And I think we find players like that all over the place. Like what you were talking about with, is it horse pool? Is that yeah, Carson. Yeah. yeah. You know, that makes me even think of even our top guy uh, from last year's team, Christian Allen, a great runner. Uh, in fact, had the best finish in Weber state history at the NCAA championships. He was 14th last fall. Um, but I wouldn't say that his biggest contribution is his speed or how well he's run at races. I would say his biggest contribution is that, he uh, lays it on the line all the time. Like he's so intense and passionate and the other guys have, you know, grown in their intensity and their passion for it, watching him and being around him. So yeah. it's, it's cool. And, and I love seeing that, you know, yeah. uh, guys feed off of each other and learn from each other. So, well, and that's, that's why we talk about mentality. That's why we talk about mental toughness, right? Because it's, it's it's probably more contagious than COVID nineteen, right? And yeah, it's it is. Yeah, it is. It's it, it can have a huge effect on team environment and team culture, which you know as a coach is so important, right? Yep. So I guess that kind of segues into my last question. You know, there's a lot of people that are struggling right now. There's a lot of people that are struggling with their small businesses, or they're losing their four hundred one ks, or they have loved ones that are sick or struggling with COVID-19, what, what would be your advice, your thoughts, your, your encouragement to those people that are listening to this interview right now? Oh, wow. Um, you're so right. There are, there are so many things out there that, um, um, that are challenging right now. Um, I think one, one thing for everybody is uh, try to be grateful for the things that you have. Um, try to realize you know, that, uh, um, that there are a lot of great things uh, that we have these days um, and great opportunities still. Um, and then I would just say, you know, kind of what we've talked about all through this uh, interview is just don't stop believing and, and try hard to gain something from, from this experience, um, no matter how hard it is. Um, and I don't think that the hard is, is done. I think that there's a lot of um, struggles still in front of us. Um, when I look at my family, my, my, you know, my immediate family and, and my extended family and friends and relatives and, and the guys I work with, I still feel like we got, we got a lot of work still to do before we're out of this, you know? Um, so I think uh, instead of, focusing on the negative and, and giving up, um, keep pushing forward and try to, to find the opportunities uh, for growth and, 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 and progress. So. Well, gosh, I, I really appreciate your insight. I appreciate your authenticity um, and, and all of your insight today. It's been, it's been really fun to get to know you a little bit better and to, to understand the mental mindset from a, from a track coach's perspective um, I know, I know your players love you. I know that 
I really appreciate being around you. You're always kind and, and you're, you're not afraid to communicate and to um, try and set your kids up for the, for the best opportunities that they can have. And I, I know they appreciate it and I know I appreciate it. So thank you so much for taking a little bit of time with us and, you know, sharing those, uh, those awesome, I don't know if those are F-35s that are flying over your head or, or what they are at Hill Air Force Base, but that's kind of cool stuff. You get to live right close to all that stuff. Yeah, I should have known. I should have known. <laughs> Sorry about the technical difficulties in the uh, middle no, there. I think, I, think, I, think, uh, I think it fit in perfect. It fit in perfect, so. Yeah, well, I appreciate you, Riley. Uh, and, and having you around these last two years has been uh, just phenomenal for our athletes, you know, and, and we see what I really see most from them is, like I said, like perspective. Um, the ones that are working with you are coming into races trying to gain something out of it instead of being worried about what they have to lose. You know, they're coming into races trying to learn and be better and, and they're doing it with less fear and doubt. And that's huge. You know, it's, it's, they're, they're so fun to work with. They're so fun to work yeah. with. So yeah, I appreciate well, it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for what you're doing. Thanks for your time. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.